0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I thank you, Madam Chairwoman, and I thank you, Mr. Ray, for being here for the work that you're doing. Mr. Ray, you have compared FTX as worse than Enron. Can you please elaborate on some of the specific ways FTX is worse than one of the largest corporate frauds history
1: the the FTX group is unusual in the sense that you know I've done probably a a dozen large you know scale bankruptcies over my career including Enron of course Uh, every one of those entities had some financial problem or another Uh, they have some characteristics that are in common Uh, this one is unusual and it's unusual in the sense that Literally, you know, there's no record keeping whatsoever. It's the absence of record keeping. Employees would communicate, you know, invoicing and expenses on on Slack, which is you know essentially a uh, you know a way of communicating for chat rooms. Uh, they use QuickBooks, multi-billion-dollar company using QuickBooks. 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 Now,
0: QuickBooks is fine for you. QuickBooks may be a problem for a crypto exchange, a cryptocurrency platform. Although I guess it could have worked, but these people were criminals. Tony Katz and Tony Katz today. Now, they could also very well have just been incompetent. Incompetent criminals are usually the type of criminals you come across. Sam Bankman Freed, The original CEO founder of FTX, the cryptocurrency platform, has been arrested in the Bahamas. They are awaiting extradition. They wanted him to testify in front of Congress in this very hearing. And he's like, oh, I'm too busy to show up. He's got time for every podcast in the world. I have not invited him on because what was I going to say? Hey, you thieving so-and-so. You mind if I call you this name, that name, and the other name? Also going to make fun of your mom because she's damn well guilty of giving birth to whatever it is you think you are as a man. No, I didn't think that was appropriate, so I didn't invite him. The man that you're hearing from, uh, John Ray, he is the guy who was brought in to deal with the Enron collapse. Enron... You got to go back some years, people. The Enron story is a massive one. In, in in the 1980s, an energy company based out of Houston that just got ripped asunder and then d- just disappeared. Big, massive company and then... Broop, gone. Gone. Disappeared. Enron collapse was so big, which I think was, was in the 2000s, right? It's found in the 80s, in the 2000s, that it took Arthur Anderson with them. Arthur Anderson was a mega accounting firm. In my head, and people who are in this industry could tell me that I'm wrong, and I would appreciate uh, their, their thoughts. Arthur Anderson uh, and, and, and McKinsey, like they were always in my head together. But not having any kind of corporate background, I never played with either one of them. I was never connected to either one of them. Never had any dealings in any kind of industries with either one of them. But Arthur Anderson was huge. Whoop, gone. That's Enron. You got you to gotta look it up. So that's John Ray, and that's what he has been involved with, dealing with these things after they've gone uh, to, to, to pot. FTX filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy following what you could describe as a liquidity crisis. Here's what happened. People bought crypto on the FTX platform. FTX had another company called Alameda where they did very, very questionable investments. And Bankman fried and his band of merry schmucks said, let's take FTX customer money and let's put it into these investments with Alameda. Everybody will make money. No one will be, uh, you know... None the wiser. Everyone would be none the wiser. And what'd they do? They lost, what, $10 billion? And they said, oh, crap! We're not going to have the money to return to uh, FTX. And people got wind of this and said, I better go get my money. And so you had a run on the bank. Like it was, uh, what? what's what's the movie, uh, the Christmas movie with the guy and the Christmas movie and, and the angel and, and what's the name it's of it? It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life, Kylan. Kylan's running the board today. That's exactly what it was. There was a run on the bank. And there... There's a, there's a, what's his name? Stewart. Jimmy Stewart uh, is is saying, now, now look here, see, we're going to, we're going to get you your money and the savings and loans going to take care of it. I don't know if that's an impression or not. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do such things. that's what happened. Except Sam Bankman freed, uh, couldn't do the Jimmy Stewart impression and he just wet himself and said, I'm in the Bahamas anyway. I'll just relax here, steal the money and we're done. It's an ugly, ugly scene as John Ray is describing in front of Congress. Uh, nothing against QuickBooks;
1: very nice tool, just not for a multi-billion-dollar company. Uh, there's no independent board. Right? We we had one person really controlling this. Uh, no independent board. That's highly unusual in a size company this is, and it's made all more complex because we're not dealing with you know widgets or. You know, or something that's tangible. We're dealing with, with, with crypto. And, and the techno- technological issues are made worse when you're dealing with an asset uh, such as crypto.
0: John Ray uh, testified that the FTX group's collapse appears to stem from absolute concentration of control in the hands of a small group of grossly inexperienced and unsophisticated individuals who failed to implement virtually any of the systems or controls that are necessary for a company entrusted with other people's money or assets. That statement, that line is the line that is going to drive Congress to say, well, we got to regulate crypto. One guy, one company, one group of lowlifes, the whole industry needs to get uh, U.S. regulation. So we understand each other. And I think that that's important. There is nobody who is at this hearing today who was elected to Congress who understands what the hell happened. I believe this committee is chaired by um, Maxine Waters. You think Maxine Waters has any idea of what in the bloody hell has happened here? Not a chance, not a shot, not a shot. Brad Sherman is a Democrat from Woodland Hills. I used to actually live in his district. Uh, He's getting redistricted, so I wouldn't have been in his district now, but I did uh, for a while. Not a fan. This is him. It's in crypto.
2: I'm the only member of the House to get an F from the only crypto promoting organization that rates members of Congress. My fear is that we'll view Sam Bankman fried as just one big snake in a crypto garden of Eden. The fact is, crypto is
0: a garden of snakes. And this is how you know there's a problem coming. And this, of course, is wrong. And it is wrong because you should not allow the federal government to decide we know best when they don't know at all. And if Americans of their own will, of their own free will, of their own volition, want to engage in something risky, they should be allowed to. And you say to me, well, look at what they did. I didn't say you shouldn't charge Sam Bankman fried and his henchmen as criminals. You should charge them for their criminal acts which is, of course, theft. You can sue them for the incompetence. You really think your regulations are going to make a difference? But, man, they are hell-bent. Now, from the outside, crypto just looks like a non-fungible
2: token, an electronic pet rock for the 21st century, something that might be good to invest in, even though it has no apparent value, because you might get somebody else to buy it from you for even more. But in reality, the hope of crypto is to be a currency, to compete with the U.S. dollar and to announce its advantage over the U.S. dollar in that competition. It puts the advantage right in the name. Crypto, hidden currency. Well, what is there a big market for that? Is there a big advantage that crypto has over the U.S. dollar if it actually became a currency, which it's not yet? Well, there are drug dealers, human traffickers, sanctions evaders who will find that to be a good feature.
0: That's pretty sick. Although I'm sure there are people like that who will use current uh, crypto or other things like that to their advantage. But it's not like we don't have drug dealers and human trafficking with U.S. dollars. But in case you're wondering, and, and by the way, none of this makes me sell. I've lost money in crypto. I've never been a crypto billionaire, never crypto millionaire. I have lost money, but I never put in so much that I, if if I lost, I wasn't I was destitute. Right? I I knew what I was, what my limits were. I tried some things. I don't feel bad about that. I, do you know how much? I've, I've lost in, in my own investment and in content. Although I will admit, and when I invest in content uh, in myself, I, I I tend to win. Maybe not the way other people think I should be winning, but who the hell are they, right? Who are they? Who are they to decide? There's nothing finer than someone deciding your career is not good enough for them. That's that's great. If my career is not big enough for you, my suggestion is to write me a check right now. You can just send it send it to Kylan. She's she's running the board today, uh, uh, and uh, and uh, she will make sure that I get it. Just uh, write a check to Kylan, Indianapolis, Indiana. She'll get it and make sure that it gets uh, put properly into the funds. And then, of course, you can have a say about anything we're doing over here. The plan is to try and put an end to crypto. Because the one thing Brad Sherman is being honest about is that he doesn't want anything that threatens uh, the U.S. currency. Me, I believe that people should be able to trade in any currency that suits them. I do. I'm not threatened by crypto. I'm not threatened uh, by it because I believe that the strength of the dollar can remain. The strength of the dollar would be better if we had less debt. In terms of uh, how people feel about it, about safety and security in it, being the, the, the currency of the world, which takes on threats from the yuan uh, and, and some others i believe that you should be able to engage in these things as an adult and i believe that there is risk with all things is sam bankman freed a criminal yes should he uh be charged should people sue absolutely i'm not saying no do I believe that people who don't want any competition should be the people engaged in creating regulation? Absolutely not. And do these people even understand what the bloody hell it is they're regulating? Not a shot. It's going down, people. And you should know that if you're somebody who is an investor, somebody who holds on to crypto, does you should just know what's what's coming your way. And even if not, you should know what it is the government does when they see something they don't like. Because the the Sam Brankman fried story, this FTX story, this has just been an easy way to get in. To say we're done here. To say we're coming after you. They were working with Sam Bankman-Fried, a massive donor to Democrat causes. They were working with him to figure out ways to regulate crypto. This was always coming. The collapse here, the, the, the gross uh, negligence here from Sam Bankman-Fried is just, just going to make it easier for them. And we, as a free society, will not be better off for it. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. have not seen this story get big play, so I'm willing to accept that it's not being taken with a lot of seriousness, but just that it was written kind of shook me. Iranian regime eyeing Venezuela sanctuary for leaders. Wait a second. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Is someone going to tell me that the Iranian regime, the ayatollah, the mullahs, the hardliners, the clerics, are so concerned about what's going on there, the the uh, protests that are going on, while well, they execute people for protesting? They killed a woman for not properly wearing a hijab. The the their their uh, morality police stoned a woman, fell into a coma, died, and the people said, "We've had enough." The the Iranian soccer team at the World Cup wouldn't sing their national anthem. When the United States beat Iran, there were Iranians cheering in the streets for the United States. Is there a possibility they think they won't be able to stop the people? Well, there seems to be a possibility that they think they won't be able to stop the Iranian people, and they're looking to Venezuela as a place to escape to. That is fascinating and something that I will be keeping every part of my eyes on. There's no... To be able to see the, the, the Persian people have their lives back, have their nation back, rebuild, regrow... You know how fantastic that's going to be? Uh, allow me to say, it's going to be fantastic. To have this this group, this this nation state, these supporters of terrorism as they are, believers in the destruction of Israel and others, have them toppled and destroyed so imperative. Now, it doesn't mean that they won't be able to do things from Venezuela. And just as a reminder, it's Joe Biden who wants to create the better relationship with Venezuela, this communist nation. And if they take in the Iranians, is that still the case? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, the case. Uh, uh, just a quick uh, one or two, one of two stories. Actually, it's a one two punch, it's about lists. And of course, at the end of the year, you're always going to get a list. The top 10 this, the top 20 this, the top 50. There's always a list at the end of the year. I do lists, right? For my cigar and bourbon show, eat, drink, smoke. We do the top three bourbons of the year and the top three cigars of the year based on what we have reviewed, right? On the show. So, so I, 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 I've got them. We've been recording those now and I'm staring at a list from Cigar Aficionado. They're not done yet. They've got the, the, uh, they're doing their top 25 cigars of 2022, and I'm looking at the top 10. I'm looking at the top 10 right now, and they've so they, they've just released those. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not down with this list. But that's the point of a list, right? Nobody agrees. You just put it out there, and then people are like, yes, yeah, so people are like, no, and then people fight, and they disagree. And it's just, it's the, there's, there's nothing more clickbaity. Uh, aside from exclusive nude photos of what could be more clickbaity than a top five or a top ten list, there was a list put together by the people at Barrett News Media. So it's one of the trades, right? They do sports and they do news. And uh, they put together a list of the top 20 news talk radio morning shows of 2022. It's a list Of the top morning shows of 2022, uh, of of major market and mid-market, and me being in Indianapolis as a morning host, it's mid-market. I was number two. Number two, Kylan. Number two. And so you know what that means. Not number one? That list is bullcrap. That's absolutely correct. Absolutely. Say it. Say it's bullcrap. It is bullcrap. There it is. Thank you very much. It's nonsense. It's it's obviously bunch, not right. It's a bunch of hooey. A bunch of hooey is is what? It, am I to believe a list of the top morning hosts in in in, in America? And, and I am and we and we are not number one. No, 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 But it's a list. I know a dear number of people would be like, "Why is Tony Katz on this list at all?" But no, I have issues with the cigar list. They've got three picks. They're like, yeah, those are not top 10 worthy. Sorry, cigar aficionado. I mean, I'll wait till you get to your tier to, your, to number one. But right now you're two out of five. Not bad. I'm Tony Katz. So the numbers are in. It's just a question of whether or not these numbers actually mean anything because very often when we get numbers on inflation, whether it's consumer price index or producer price index, what we find is that the numbers seem to not tell the full story, the story of what's going on underneath, where our economy really is because the reactions from Wall Street don't necessarily mimic the reality on Midwest Main Street. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist, University of Indianapolis. Here is how CNBC puts it. Consumer prices rose less than expected in November, up 7.1% from a year ago, and I am staring at the Bureau of Labor Statistics, staring at the numbers where all items were up 7.1%, but food is up 106 energy is up 13.1% in the year over year, but for the month, we see energy prices down. First glance at this Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, is this report great or is this report miserable?
3: Well, Tony, I, it's, it's both. It's both, you know, I always like to use the analogy, it's, it's Powell versus Biden in this boxing match. And the headline is, Powell connects on, the, on a major hit to the chin. And that's true when you see the 0.1% in November, you know me, I like to annualize the month, that's 1.2 for the year, 1.2% for the year. Excellent, Tony. The market opened this morning up 650 points. This is where we wanna be. But Tony, that's not the whole story. When you dig into the details, the, 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 the article says, you know, Biden has a lot of effective jab to the midsection on, on Powell, because there's a lot of problems in this report. Food, energy is not as good as, it, as, as you made it sound just now. There are some major problems in the energy portion of this report. Rent is a problem. And then there's some stuff not in the report that scares me even more.
0: I wasn't trying to make anything sound good. I was pointing out what the report is saying, and you can explain to me why it's not good or it is good. The 1.2% annualized, the 0.1%, you attribute to what Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve at large, has been doing, that raising of interest rates, and you believe that's going to continue. Well,
3: okay, yes, we talked about this last time we spoke, and I think it's going to continue at a slower pace. I think that Powell is probably going to overshoot the mark. He's probably going to go too far with his rate increases. That worries me. Um, But he's doing his job effectively. Unfortunately, he's battling Biden, who there was news out yesterday. And in this report, there's more details that Biden is effectively causing inflation to stick around.
0: And that comes from spending, or is there something else procedurally, policy-wise, that the Biden administration is doing that has economists like yourself very, very concerned?
3: Both, Tony, both. Let, let's talk first about the spending. Okay, you, you know, nobody's looking at the report that came out yesterday, the budget deficit report that came out yesterday. Remember, Biden keeps talking about he's cut spending, he's cut spending. Tony, yesterday a 30% increase year over year in the budget deficit, 30%. In November alone, the deficit was 249 billion. A year ago, it was 190 billion. Tony, this is, this is tough. People might wanna write this down. 249 is bigger than 190. We had a bigger deficit from last year. This is Biden-induced deficit. His estimates were wrong that he would be cutting the deficit. He was wrong, he knew he was wrong, and the numbers show that he was wrong.
0: So when we discuss wrong, we're, we're getting into the idea that somehow you could realize that and then make a change to that. But policy-wise, you don't see any of those changes, do you?
3: No, Tony. In fact, I'm not going to say he's wrong. I'll, I'll go a step further, and I guess I better lawyer up. He's lying to us. He's lying to us about the budget deficit, and he knows that he's lying to us because he's given pie-in-the-sky numbers that he knows are false. And the same thing on energy. I got to talk about this energy number, Tony, 1.6% down for the month. That is misleading, and the president is lying to you because he says when the prices go up, it's Putin's fault. When the prices go down, it's his benefit. That is the opposite. He has caused prices to go up in energy, Tony. We don't need to go over the whole list. We've talked about it before. Policy after policy after policy that he signed into law on the first day he took office has caused prices to go up. They're down not because of anything he's doing, Tony. Global recession. Putin is increasing his production. Venezuela is increasing production. Iran is increasing production. And Tony, don't look at the dirty little secret: fuel oil, the stuff you use to heat your homes. Fuel oil for two months, for two months, Tony is up twenty-one and a half percent. That's just two months, Tony. Twenty-one and a half percent increase in the cost to heat your home as we go into winter. Are people happy about that? Yeah, their gas prices are down. They're not driving anywhere, Tony. They're staying home and they're freezing to death.
0: Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I'm going to ask you just to go over it again because sometimes people may have missed things that you've talked about before. When you see the Dow, you know, just banging up there what 500, 600 points up, whatever the case may be, the pre-market was huge. The disconnect between Wall Street and Midwest Main Street is something I discuss all the time. You discuss Wall Street being the world's biggest drug addict. And when they see a report like this, they just mainline the drug, the top line news. They don't ever get into the nitty gritty. Um, So why should the average American, taking a look at what's going on with their 401k, their portfolio, their investments, disregard where the market is at today because of this report?
3: Well, like we said, because of the drug addict, and they will be, they'll be—they'll have to come crashing down tomorrow because tomorrow Jerome Powell is going to make a statement. And tomorrow he's probably going to say, people, this is one month. Now, Tony, I do like the report top line. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I like it. And it's consistent with the PMI report we talked about last time, which is a production manufacturing index. It also showed prices coming down. But Jerome Powell is going to say, that's one month, people. That's one month. We're not going to make a change, of course, on one month. And he's going to throw cold water on this rally. The drug addict is going to get nervous that they're not going to get their low interest rate fixed. And they're not, because there's another hidden piece of information in this report, Tony. Wages are still going. up And in order to fight inflation, that's a major contributor. And Jerome Powell knows about that number. And he's going to say, darn it. Biden is still causing inflation. I've got to keep things tight. Now, I think he's going to over tighten personally. But I believe that's what you're going to hear from him tomorrow.
0: That we're going to see more increases. Uh, The thought was, after all these three-quarter point increases, sir, we were going to be looking at quarter point increases. Is that what you're expecting?
3: I expect a half, but I I would wish he would go down to a quarter. I, okay, I expect, so you, you're, you are I,
0: expecting still a sizable chunk. I thought it was going to be quarters. You're saying you, you think based on his commentaries, based on uh, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell's commentaries, we'll see half a point.
3: Yes, I, I believe that very strongly because people, if you don't look at the market, don't look at the CPI report, just listen to his speeches. And if you listen to his speeches, he has not changed his tone, but a very, very little. And I don't think a little is a half a point. I think a little is more like a quarter point.
0: Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. We've seen some other moves that have taken place because of today's report. Uh, we've got the 10-year Treasury going below 35 Uh, percent because uh, of this report and we've seen some pretty fascinating numbers uh in this regarding things called inverted yield curves uh two-year versus uh 10-year uh treasuries that still i think is still going on so how does this report affect you in a conversation about recession we have heard uh people like uh, the secretary of the treasury uh, uh janet yellen well, Treasury Secretary uh, Janet Yellen, saying that uh, she expects inflation to go down in 2023. We have heard Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House Press Secretary, say that the administration doesn't see recession looming, but we see CEOs everywhere talking about recession. We see companies laying people off. We see companies engage in hiring freezes. We talk about uh, the actual production, the, the the manufacturing side of things, and how those numbers are off, all these things leading us in in a certain direction. Um does the, do do these treasury numbers change your outlook on what's coming for 2023?
3: No, not one little bit, Tony, not one little bit. I agree with business leaders and what they've been saying. I agree with what Jamie Dimon has said. I agree with the people not in the political arena, the political people in politics. I, I have to ignore what they say. It's just, it's just frustrating. But if you look at the business indexes and the business leaders, they see recession on the horizon And Tony, this is what shocked me. I'm confused because apparently you're right. The 30-year treasury is down, but the 30 or the 10-year treasury is down, but the 30-year mortgage rate is still above 7%. So apparently, like you said, uh, Main Street is still paying over 7% for a mortgage, even though the 10-year treasury is down, but an inverted yield curve is a longer discussion, Tony. It actually indicates a coming recession. Every inverted yield curve in history has been followed by a recession, and we just had a recession, and the inverted yield curve looks like another one is coming.
0: So wait, so another one, so we don't have it right now. We don't have the inverted yield curve right now. Could you give me no, we a do. quick, we oh, do. we do, okay, we do that's what thought. We have an inverted yield curve, yes. Can you just give me and just it indicates just an inflation. a quick definition of what it means, what people should look for oh. on that.
3: An inverted yield curve means short-term interest rates are higher than long-term interest rates. So if you look at the two- and three-year treasury rate, it's higher than the 10-year. The two-year right now is 4.1. The 10-year is 3.4. So that means, Tony, you you can make more money investing for two years than you can for 10. That's absurd. That makes no sense for the economy. Who's going to build a factory if they can make more money with a short-term two-year investment? What's That's a, what has been caused by the Biden administration.
0: So I will admit to you that until the past couple of months, I never looked at a treasury a day in my life. It was never uh, in, in in my, my thoughts. Uh, and these numbers are going to change throughout the day. But I think this is how things closed yesterday, where the 10-year was 3.44. The two-year was 4.181. The six-month treasury is 4.71%. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, of course... Six I could wrap up my money for six months. I should be buying nothing but six-month treasuries at this moment. No? Tony,
3: that's exactly what a rational person will do, and that's what you should do. But, Tony, do you see how bad that is for the economy? If you decide, as an investor, to invest for six months instead of putting up a factory that's going to last 10 or 20 years, which is better for the economy? Obviously, the factory is better, but this administration is incentivizing you not to do a long-term investment. That is absurd.
0: Yeah, but for the Tony economy, uh four point seven is not is is, is, is not so bad. Not so bad for the Tony. Is there uh, amongst economists that you talk to, people that you speak with, when we talk about recession? uh, First, the belief that indeed 2023 will bring, bring recession. And is there a thought process to, based on the Fed's movement over the course of 2022, how long that might last?
3: Uh, Tony, you're, you, you're I'm no not asking you, I asked what economists are
0: saying. I wasn't specifically asking you <laughs> to go out on a limb with your crystal ball.
3: I, I, I'm just saying the global recession is already here. Um, how long it will last depends a lot on trade factors, policy factors. Everything I'm hearing from other people is that it's, globally it's going to be a long-term one. In the U.S. it maybe three or four quarters. I don't necessarily agree. I think Jerome Powell could still head it off.
0: So you have faith in in this maneuver, but you're concerned that he might go too far. So let's argue he goes too far. He raises interest rates too much. What happens then?
3: Then we have a longer, deeper recession because you're going to combine his policy with the Biden policies, which are extremely recessionary. And those two things are going to be very harmful. So, again, it's this, it's, this, it's this boxing match. It's this battle. They're battling over inflation. They're battling over a recession. Biden's policies are creating a recession. Powell's pro, uh, policies are trying to prevent a recession. It's, it's a very – call it a dance if you don't like the analogy of boxing. But it, these two guys are battling it out, and, and Powell's got his work cut out for him.
0: Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time. On Twitter, D-R-M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will on Twitter. Appreciate it. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Just yesterday, you heard me do a story. You're hearing me tell a story? You heard me tell a story. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. You heard me tell a story about the border. Sharing what's going on on the border, the lies told about the border, the lack of caring from people on the political left who it used to matter to, because when Trump was president, the border was the only thing that mattered. We were putting kids in cages. We were terrible, awful people. And now there's total silence. There's total silence when it comes to the conversation about the border. And they're not even shy about it. They're not even shy about how much they lie about it, about how they they clearly are only interested in conversations when it can help them politically, as opposed to caring about things that really do matter. And the border really and truly does matter. What's happening to people on the border, what's happening with, with the coyotes absolutely matters. But when they can't create some good political hay out of it, this is what you get. The Daily Wire reports from the Center for Immigration Studies that there was a 71% decline in the removal of illegal aliens who had been arrested for a crime under Biden and a decrease in the removal of convicted felons. Now, we know that the numbers of people trying to get into the country, huge. The numbers for what are called the gotaways, huge. We know these are huge, huge numbers. They were detained or, or they, they weren't, we weren't able to detain them, so they got away. Massive numbers of people who are now in the country who shouldn't be in the country. But if we have an administration that doesn't believe in the concepts of enforcement, the way rational people should believe in the concepts of enforcement. Well, then, what does it matter if they got away or not? They're still going to get away because nothing's going to happen. And when you see numbers like this, when you see this conversation taking place, one of the uh, pieces of information, first nine months of uh, Biden's presidency, 16,351 individuals removed after being arrested. 2019, President Donald Trump, 56,000. It's not that there are less people, which is a fine thing to ask. There are less people being removed. This all goes into the idea that Biden is not tough on the border, that the administration doesn't care about the border, and people from other nations thinking that we have an open border. All of this ties into each other. And while you'll see news organization after news organization not pay any attention to the border at all, that is not us. Man, we got to pay attention because we've got serious issues. We create danger in these moments. And the danger is now, not the future. It's already happening. The danger is here for what has taken place at the border. Much more to get to keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.